Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Perry, and I'm here with Brett Jones, the man behind Iron Cardio. And that, that's actually what we're going to be talking about today is, is some of the new projects we've both been working on. And uh, we're going to be talking about Brett's new uh, digital content release and also his ebook. And I'm going to fill you in on some of the work I've been doing with another colleague of mine, Eric Degatti, on our course called Principles Program Design. So this is sort of a kind of an update on the things that we've been doing, not so much behind the scenes because they're out, but We've, we've definitely spent a ton of time on each of these projects, and uh, we're very proud of where these things have sort of came from and developed into uh, what they are now. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to start off with uh, with Iron Cardio, Brett. So where where did the term Iron Cardio come from? Uh, one of my students, uh, Mike Spiegel, was uh, sending in his email report of his uh, training, and uh, he I had in there, you know, something 32 kilo iron cardio, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a second, sending back an email. I said, did you mean strength aerobics when you, you put iron cardio? He's like, oh yeah, that's what my boxing coach used to call it. We, we would do like an iron cardio day uh, a week. And I'm like, can I steal that? Can I, can I go ahead and steal? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So uh, I give him credit in the, in the, in the book. But uh, I just thought, because uh, it's it's based off this article that uh, Alexei Sinart and uh, Pavel had written back in 2014 called Strength Aerobics, a powerful alternative to, to hit or something like that. And um, I've been using that really ever since. Um, it, it made sense to me and I, I liked the, the general setup. I'd already done a couple modifications on it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, when, when Mike came up with uh, Iron Cardi, I was like, Stealing. Yeah, yeah. It uh, you know, it's funny. It reminds me I was listening to uh, you know how like you go on YouTube and you listen to like a or you go find a song and you listen to it and then it kind of creates this playlist for you. And I was looking at some 90s stuff and then uh uh what's the name of the guys the guy that wrote it? Uh that crying shoulder song that came out in the 90s. It was a huge hit. Man. Um so here, here's here's the funny thing about it. He tells the story about where he got the name of like I'll I'll be your crying shoulder. And he said he was at a bar, and he was listening to this guy hit on some woman, and he was like totally whiffing. And at one point he's like, "Baby, I'll be your crying shoulder." And he was like, "Napkins, give me the napkins." And he wrote the song from that. So that just kind of <laughs> reminded me of of the story. But I can't remember that guy's name. But a huge song. Um, but anywho. Mm -hmm. And not a, hey, listen, I'll be the first one to admit it. I like that song. Okay. Um, I'll, I, you know, I sing that quite a bit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anywho, so yeah, that's, that's funny. It's like napkin. Here we go. Great idea. Love it. Um, so Stealing. let me ask you this. So you obviously got the name and, and you got the idea from the strength aerobics. So at what point did you think, hey, maybe we could put this into some sort of template in which people could follow? 
You know, I had written an article, I, I don't know, a few years ago. I, I'd have to go back and look, but it was one of kind of these kind of update articles, end of the year sort of things. And I was talking about my training and I kind of had in there a couple of versions that I've been doing of the of, of strength aerobics. Um, and then, you know, really uh, post cancer treatment, when I got back to training and I started realizing that, you know, I, I actually wasn't ready to go back to ballistics. I needed a, a bridge to rebuild my strength and, and uh, cause I had even started with some body weight stuff and then figured I'd just do some swings and get ups and then like nothing, it, it was okay. But I was like, yeah, I need to, I really need to rebuild my strength. I'm like, I think I have a routine for that. So I started kind of into this, uh, revisiting this, uh, the strength aerobics work that I, I used to do. And then I started making up a bunch of different variations. So it was, you know, add a snatch, um, add pull-ups, you know, do right, do left, and then add some pull-ups and then some double bell work. And well, what about the moving target complex? And what about this uh, set of two that kind of travels through? And and I called it rotating twos initially. And another one of my students, another Mike Kurkowski, um, he he wrote it down as traveling twos. And I'm like, did you mean rotating twos? He's like, yeah. It's like it, it travels through the sequence. I'm like, well, that's a way better name. So I'm stealing <laughs> that too. Um, and so in the process of me getting some more stuff out there on social media and people watching my training, uh, they were, they started asking like, are you going to put together a book or, you know, a, a publish something on this? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to turn into the, the, the amount of time and, and effort that it, that it took. And yeah, I threatened to write a book for years and, um, and, you know, post-cancer it's like well let's let's get this thing done because um you know time time waits for no no person so um you know that that's kind of the, the the nexus there but yeah it was just this me being me from a training standpoint and people seeing it and being like well why don't you put something together on that okay there you go so one of the things that i really love about that style of training is um you can accumulate <clears throat> a sneaky amount of reps and volume in a relatively short amount of time. And, um, you know, one of the things that I program with a lot of my, actually all of my athletes, unless there's really particular needs is, you know, just a lot of total body work because we can simply get more work done in a specific amount of time. And, and for people that have busy schedules, um, and they need to be as efficient as possible, total body uh, workouts are really your best bet. And, uh, you know, people like coach Boyle have, have talked about this as well. And, uh, the amount of volume that you can, uh, accumulate through these types of, uh, workouts is, is crazy because it's very easy to do four sets of 10 on this four sets of 10 on this. And you kind of say, okay, four sets of 10, there's 40 reps. And then there's 80 reps. And if you do that, there's 160 reps and, but it's kind of a very boring type protocol. Um, and with the way that you have designed these, uh, these workouts, it's, it's very, very sneaky how much you can get done in a very, very short amount of time. Was that, was that the goal initially, or did it sort of like, how did you get to that point, Brett? It, it absolutely snuck up on me. Um, I was actually, um, cause I, I don't think ahead. I mean, it's kind of like. <laughs> when we sit down to do the podcast, it's like, what do you want to talk about today? 
Um, we we don't have, do I look like a guy with a plan? You know, I had to throw the Joker in. That was um, that was good. So like, I just was doing my training, and I go to Costa Rica to teach, and I sat down with Vic uh, Carrillo, and we were talking about my training and and what I was doing, and and uh, one of my recent workouts had been a rep ladder on the military press with a 32 kilo for 60 sets. And he's like, wait a second. And he, he actually does the math and he's like, that's 120 presses. Like that's, that's your monthly volume or, or, or at least two to three weeks of volume in a session. And I'm like, huh, never thought about it like that. <laughs> math. It's this beautiful thing. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I, and I have this in the book and it's a, and the excerpt that was published on strong first. It's like, that's one of the traps of this intuitive style of training is you should do the math, uh, ideally before the session, uh, <laughs> not after, <laughs> not after. Cause I, I will routinely get into 240, 300 rep uh, total sessions and granted you know you could say the clean maybe doesn't get it's maybe it's not a full uh rep i disagree I, I think a solid clean is a is is a great drill and i'm counting that rep uh towards my my rep total so and then as i started to kind of progress and get to 40 sets and 50 sets and 60 sets. And I haven't gone much past 60 sets. Um, I think that personally, that's kind of a top end because even if I'm doing three, the classic um, iron cardio clean press squat for 60 sets, 180 reps, Yeah. go clean press squat snatch, you're at 240. Um, so the, the reps now throw in a rep ladder. Now, now you're at 300 some odd reps. Uh, you know, so the, the numbers really, the, if, if you do the math, uh, the, the, the amount of volume is really huge. And I can do a 60 set session where I accumulate 240 to, to 300 reps uh, of work, potentially 120 of those reps being uh, military presses or, or more. Um, and I'm ready to train in a, in a day or two. Like it's not the way you're accumulating the volume. And I'm just stopping at 60 sets because I stop at 60 sets. Um, I, I could keep going um i'm glad i haven't but uh yeah it, it's it just kind of snuck in there and then it was a conversation with vic carrillo where i was like oh yeah wait a second i'm getting a lot of work done yeah and and i know you know one of the terms that have sort of been talked about with iron carter was this idea of manual labor right and uh mm -hmm. you know for those of you who have done manual labor you're going to understand what i'm talking about i have worked landscaping construction i have literally shoveled crap i have worked doing sewer tie-ins like i've had every job under the sun and when you are working in a, in a physical manner for hours on end you do develop this robustness and this durability that where you can go for seven eight nine ten hours and then you have to get up and do it the next day and, and it's built through this this low hum of sort of it's, it's not super, super intense, but it's not snoozing either. It's kind of this right in the middle where you're always kind of chugging away. I think of like a, a locomotive, right? This diesel engine that is just always pushing forward and you're never redlining and you're never just going nice and easy. And, um, you know, there's the one thing that I think about when it comes to iron cardio is durability is, is, um, 
you know, in, in the especially in the world of combat sports, like um, I've incorporated a, a bunch of the iron cardio work that that I've learned from you. And I'll be honest, um, I, I feel like it's allowed me to take more knocks in the gym and on the mats, not not in the gym, but on the mats when I'm grappling, because, you know, when I'm going against my coach, who is, uh, you know, fifth degree black belt, he's 215 pounds, this guy is an animal. And he he, he pretty much does what he wants with me. Um, I have to be able to withstand the wear and tear of that. And, uh, you know, and I'm not just saying this because we're friends. I honestly think it's probably one of the best ways to bulletproof. And I mean, that's a, a definitely a, <laughs> an exaggerated term, but prepare your body optimally for, for the wear and tear of combat sports. So, um, it, it does, it sneaks up on you and it's, it's not your traditional style of, of sort of strength training. It really isn't, but man, is it efficient? Well, and I've had comments over the, um, over the time that this has kind of been developing and been out there and people like, well, you know, this isn't a great method for, you know, increasing your one RM. And I'm like, I don't know. I see people go four to eight kilos up in a military press after just a couple months of, of, uh, of working on this program. And, you know, I've gone for the point of um, coming back into my training after treatment, starting at the 24 kilo for maybe 20 sets, and then progressing to the point where I'm doing 60 sets with a 36 kilo. And um, I now have the 40 back in the routine uh, on, a, on a pretty regular basis. I'm, I'm a little obsessed with my weight ladder uh, iron cardios at the, at the moment. And, um, and then have incorporated more double 32 kilo work in. And so all of that strength was just kind of built very naturally and very progressively just by doing the work. And, um, yeah, it, it, I didn't have to break out a spreadsheet. I didn't have to work with any percentages. I just, uh, I just started, you know, doing work and accumulating a lot of quality reps and to your point of kind of uh, bulletproofing or preparing the body for stress and stuff like that, um, I think the um, heavier uh, iron cardio work where you are hitting a lot of those single reps on each side, getting that asymmetrical load. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, the clean doesn't land the same every rep. I, I wish it would, <laughs> but it doesn't. That's like expecting somebody to hit a golf ball to the same spot every time. It's just not going to happen. Um, there's movement variability built in. So you are getting loaded from a variety of, of uh, directions and, and ways uh, as you just go through a very simple practice. And then you throw in double bell work and you really compress the breathing musculature and you get, you get all of these things happening. And, um, you know, for, for me, just focusing on that quality output per rep within that set and um, at the most getting upwards of maybe five reps total within any given set um, allows me to stay really fresh, uh, really strong and uh, accomplish a lot of work. So, yeah. And, and I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast or just in conversation, but um, everyone is, everybody's searching for the perfect rep and you know, it's those small imperfections within the rep that build the durability. It's those little nuances where the bell's going to ma maybe travel an inch or so to the right or an inch or so to the left, but it's having the ability to, to catch that clean 
in, in kind of uh, all these several different spots, but they're not exact. That's what builds your durability because you have to react to the load and, and you have to kind of on the fly adjust things. And, and when you clean a bell and you do, you know, say you go clean press squat, right? You kind of say to yourself, how did that feel? And then you go to the opposing side or whatever, depending on what you're doing. And you start to kind of make little micro sort of adjustments within that. And that's where, that's where the learning happens. And I, and I honestly believe the imperfect reps, and I'm not saying they're bad reps, please don't hear what we're not saying. We're not saying do a bunch of shitty reps and you're going to be fine. It's very, <laughs> very nuanced. That is where the durability is built. It's through the practice and those little minor mistakes that create durability. Yeah. Movement variability is just part of movement. Um, it, you know, you can try to do this, do an exercise or a movement the same way, uh, repeatedly, and there will be variation within it. Um, your variation shrinks over time, but there's still variation. And, you know, I know, and, and that's, that's where I really started to enjoy and I talk about it in the book and in, 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 in the article, um, the difference between the reps, like I, I enjoy knowing that the, you know, one set it's butter. I mean, it just feels fantastic. And the next set, man, what the <laughs> heck did you do there? Like, um, and then you introduce something like double bells and you're changing your stance for the squat and you're just you're gonna step in just slightly differently on a, on a lot of different reps, so you end up hitting a bunch of different angles. Um, it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to be avoided. Uh, it is part of practice, and it has, to your point, it has some some great benefits. Absolutely. Um, you know, if someone were to ask me now, what is the best way to develop general physical preparedness with kettlebells? It would be iron cardio. Um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I would used to, I would probably say it used to be, you know, swings, get ups and putting together this sort of elaborate systemized thing. And I would just say, you know what, do iron cardio for 12 weeks. And then if you want to peak or you want to really target in a press, then start, you know, focusing more on individual press ladders. But, you know, I feel like if someone spends a significant amount of time doing those iron cardio workouts, if they do want to quote unquote peak on one of those things, they're only another month or two away from really dialing in that heavy, heavy stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen uh, really good improvements, not only in my strength, but in student strength and people that have applied the, the, the workouts and, and the protocol, um, you know, it, even hypertrophy. Yeah. Like I, by the time, you know, my, my last, one of my last, well, my, yeah, my last session was a weight ladder. Um, and because I have COVID, uh, it took me longer, but my strength was good. Like I, I was able to do the workout, but like it was double 32 kilo and then 36 kilo and 40 kilo and, um, a total of uh, 50 sets. Um, by the time you're doing a workout like that, um, and with a little bit compressed, you know, um, that should take me 33 minutes, 35 minutes. It took me 43, 44 minutes. But when you're accumulating that workload over that period of time, you're going to grow. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, and <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to buy new shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and not, because, want... and it's not because you're eating too much food. 
it could be some of that as well. Um, combination, perhaps. No, combination. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just from hypertrophy to strength to to conditioning. Um, you know, I was on, uh, um, filmed some stuff and did did some a project with Antonio Sculanti and the in the NSCA, and uh, we had me on a uh, force deck, looking at uh, power or looking at the force profile of the swing, and Antonio was looking at the results and he's like, I, I can't believe this. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, your right and your left are so symmetrical. Like they, they overlay, there might be a one or 2% difference between your sides. He said, that's unheard of. He said, we get people on the four stack and it's five, you know, 7%, 10%. You can clearly see which is right and which is left. He's like, I can't, I basically can't tell which is right and left for you because they, they overlay. And then I did my uh, some two arm swings with an accelerometer, and I'm like, well, you know, how does that compare? And I was in the mid 1800s uh, with the, uh, the the peak output. He's like, everybody else I've tested is like half that, maybe a thousand. He's like, so, you know, even though I'm not hitting the ballistics as much, maybe as much as I I could or should, um, I built a, a really symmetrical base of strength and power on a really simple protocol. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, in, in a world of people wanting to be entertained by their training sessions, um, you know, if you're looking for entertainment, um, you know, go to a planet fitness and hop on the elliptical and watch a movie. Um, if you're looking to get results, do the basics really, really well and be consistent and you're, you're going to do just fine. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that I truly love about uh, this sort of protocol in general is, yes, we have the basics, but it forces you to pay attention. So you can't really get lazy within that training protocol because you're always moving and you're always changing from, you know, pattern to pattern, if you will. So you don't have the luxury of spacing out. You just can't because you're always trying to complete either a certain amount of sets or improve your density. So I love the fact that it really forces you to pay attention. It's not like you're on an elliptical where you're, you're just kind of, you know, goofing around and there's nothing wrong with that or even running. But most people, when they exercise, a lot of people, they don't pay attention. They just, they're going through the motion and they're, they're, they're doing it to check it off the list. Right. But yep. with these types of protocols, you, you kind of have to pay attention because, you know, if you truly are doing the movements and you're focusing on technique and you're tracking, you have to be on, you have to be present and aware. Yep. And you throw in something like traveling twos where you got to remember where, where's the two in the sequence, um, you know, or you're doing a military press ladder or, a, or a moving target uh, sort of idea. You, you got to know what you're doing for the next set and you need to focus on, on what you're doing. And, and uh, yeah, it's mindfulness. Um, I, I think that uh, the, my training is, is mindful uh it is building mindf mindfulness and and it it is a little bit of therapy uh for me uh, you know my my wife will you know say you need a hobby or, or you know you need to do this that for stress or whatever i'm like i train like that's <laughs> where i do that stuff um so yeah i think that uh the the basics you know we we've talked about it before but you know um spec ops individual gave us a great quote the elite are just better at the basics than everybody else and i think that uh, iron cardio succeeds because it keeps you focused uh on the basics 
And to the point of like uh, uh, variability and, and things like that, I, we may have talked about this before, possibly not, because um, I can't remember what I say. Um, but the uh, I had, had finished a session and I, I typically will go back and look at the previous session and just see how I did time and volume wise. And I went, I had to go back a year in my training log to find that exact session. So I, it had been a year since I had repeated that particular workout. Now there are others that I repeat on a consistent basis. This weight, this weight ladder that I'm kind of obsessed with at the moment, there is a rep ladder that I'll do for the, for the military press. And, um, you know, the, um, but the, it's consistently variable. And I love oxymoronics. Um, <laughs> so it's it's consistently variable if you allow it to be. And um, yeah, I mean, you can get into just so many different uh, variations. So it's been, uh, feels good to have it out there. Feels feels good for it to, to finally be in people's hands. And, and people are, are seem to be doing it and enjoying it. And uh, hashtag Iron Cardio. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan. I actually did a workout this morning and I felt fantastic. I felt like I could do another one in this afternoon. Um, there you go. it works so well. I'll probably not do it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think Dan John said that it works so well. I stopped doing it. It's like, we all yeah. do that, but, uh, I'm my own worst, uh, I'm my own worst coach. I should probably hire someone at some point, but I won't. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Well, you know, let's talk about that for just a second, because I, I saw a quote from somebody and, and basically that I can't remember who, uh, but they were basically you uh, riff on the old uh, if you are your if you're your own lawyer, uh, you have an idiot for a client. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were basically saying that, like, if you train yourself as a trainer, like you're an idiot. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, how do, how do you not train yourself? Like, I, I think that. Uh, if, if I can't figure out how to train me, and, and that doesn't mean that I haven't had help over the years. Um, if, if I was speaking for a powerlifting meet or I was, you know, doing uh, a particular thing, I would access information from people. But as I joke in the book, nobody sends me programs to experiment with because they know I won't follow them. I will. My, I'll send them an email with what I did to it. <laughs> but, it's got like but, it's got red correction marks on it like a teacher hey uh you got an f and what about this 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 yeah. this this you forgot about this um and you know when when you and eric were putting together principles of program design you probably a conversation you had was yeah we can't include brett because uh he he doesn't know how to program anything anyway because i just make <laughs> make i just make stuff up as i go along um, but I, I think that, you know, I feel very good about the fact that for the last 20 some odd years, um, I have trained myself and, uh, to various levels of success. Uh, but that's where all of this came from was this was me training myself and, and being intuitive and being creative. And, and I think that, uh, you, um, you, you, you should go through that process as, as a professional, but even as just a, as a practitioner. Yeah. And also if you are, um, creating programs and you are someone that likes to, you know, do some program design work, you, you kind of have to be your, your own Guinea pig to start. And then you start to share it with friends and colleagues and kind of that's how it's born. And that's how I've created, you know, various protocols, uh, that I've, I've programmed for other people or written because it's just like, Hey, I think this will work. I'm going to try it and then I'm going to send it to other people and have them try it. And well, shoot, if it works for pretty much everybody, it can't be a terrible program. 
Absolutely. And I, I think that uh, that that ex, uh, that process is, is really important and a lot of good stuff comes out of it. And speaking of designing programs, <laughs> um, you know, you and Eric have, have uh, done a lot of work to put together principles of program design. And I uh, know you, you held one of your uh, live events recently. One of my students was there and really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, we've kind of brushed over and discussed these principles of program design. And I have to admit that uh, I am so um, um, colored, so uh, influenced by this, the iron cardio work that I've been doing that, like, programming to me for a variety of people is like, just do this. And, <laughs> you know, granted, there's 25 plus years of, of experience and knowledge. And, and uh, I, I do have a pretty deep understanding of, of programming and, <clears throat> and, um, you know, what we're how to target certain certain goals. But the application to me is, is super simple. And, and I, I'm almost ruined now by this idea that I can, I can get somebody doing iron cardio and get, get great results and, and build all these different skills. What, what led you down the pathway of putting together principles of program design and, and uh, how did that get, get started? So um, obviously, you know, Eric, well, it's not everybody knows. So myself, you, Eric Degatti, and, and a handful of other people um, have been uh, with functional movement for, for a very, very long time. You and Eric, a lot longer than I have, but I've been fortunate enough to, to learn from you and from Eric. And uh, so Eric and I were uh, down at FMS HQ in Virginia, and we were doing a little bit of content, doing some work uh, with the crew down there. And we just started kind of, uh, you know, talking about various things. And, and one of the things we realized is that when we were teaching all these courses, <clears throat> one of the, one of the missing links was people don't know what to do with this information. They understand theoretically what it should look like, but they don't know what it looks like into practice because there's just so many variables when it comes to program design. So we said, well, what are the things that we tend to do with our clients that a lot of people are just missing? So really we started this, we started this course because we wanted to provide people with an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. And, you know, I've been a coach for 20 years. He's been a coach for 25 years. We've made a lot of mistakes in 45 years of total, uh, you know, total training time. And we decided to say, well, you know, what are the things that we wish we knew early on? And that is really how the course was born. Um, at this point, um, you know, right after that, I was actually diagnosed with, with my cancer. So, um, we actually started, uh, started the course while I was going through treatment and, uh, you know, Eric came up and we sat in my basement with an iPad and I was, you know, still held my chemo port in and we banged it out and we, we started putting this together and it, it just kept on evolving and evolving. And eventually we, we got to the point where we put together, um, an online course and, and now we're doing live courses. And, uh, you know, one of the main goals uh, of this course from a, from a principal standpoint is, um, systemizing everything that we can do because people skip steps and, you know, we've been heavily influenced by like Atul Gawande and the checklist manifesto and all these, all these other resources that are about creating systems. So we were doing the same thing. Let's try to create a systematic approach to program design because anybody can teach you four by 10 for a month, four by seven for a month, four by four for a month, and then go from there. But you know, what are the principles behind that? So we talk about 
you know, various things like just a client intake process, knowing what their jobs are, what their backgrounds are, their training history, their aches and pains. What do they do in their spare time? Do they do anything else at home besides going to the gym? Do they have a Peloton? Do they run? So it's about asking all of these other questions to make sure that we can write an optimal program for someone. And if you're not asking those questions, you are missing things. So that was really how things were born. And then we just, we kept on going uh, a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. So we basically had this idea of what are all of these principles, these training principles of program design that people aren't talking about because sets and reps are easy, man. You can, you can go and download a program and they can give you sets and reps and percentages, but what about all the other stuff that is going to build that relationship with your clients? It's how to develop rapport, how to the importance of communication, like all of these other things that are honestly, that just make you a good coach in general. Cause it's not just about the sets and reps. And it's funny when we're teaching this course, like the first four hours, we don't talk sets and reps at all because there's so many things that have to happen before then it's like, yeah, you can, it's great. If you, uh, you know, program this awesome bench press, uh, you know, routine, but what if they have, you know, uh, you know, a right shoulder that's giving them this comfort and, uh, you know, what if they have a previous injury here, there and everywhere? So it really was an opportunity for us to create this systematic approach to program design. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's teaching people about asking those other questions besides sets, reps, you know, favorite exercises, stuff like that. Well, it, I, it gets you past the, so my cop-out answer to any programming uh, conversation is it depends. Yes. So this gets you past it depends to what the information you actually need to have in order to put together that program. And, you know, you were talking about the bench and well, what if you don't have a spotter? Like what you're going to be able to accomplish bench press wise is limited. Uh, ask me how I know, because when I was powerlifting, I really, I would just kind of, because I don't have friends, uh, I would uh, just kind of have to struggle in the gym to, to get a spot. And if I was lucky, this one particular guy was working that I could get a spot off of. And, and so, you know, my bench training was significantly impacted. So just having that piece of information would influence, you know, how we would put together the, the, the information for, for that individual. Um, your, your, uh, Kind of early into it, this this thing is is uh, getting its its feet underneath of it and getting getting rolling. Um, where do you where do you feel like uh, you're uh, you're headed? So we actually uh, had a great conversation. Uh, Eric and I were teaching at Perform Better last week, and um, we're in the process of creating essentially four other modules within this course. So the principles of program design is going to be sort of the 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 theme of how to approach program design. And then we're gonna have uh, three different modules that we're gonna be working on. One is personal training. We're gonna actually walk you through some case studies and teach you about exercise selection, sets, reps, tempo, all that other stuff. So one is gonna be a module, uh, mo mo module on personal training. Um, another one is going to be a module on group training. So how do you design a group training program? And a lot of that is from the work that I've been doing at my gym skill of strength for the last decade and, and optimizing that. And we have a proven system that works. And now it's time to educate people on kind of how to systematize what you're trying to do. And then um, we're going to have a performance model as well, where we're going to, you know, teach people about exercise selection and, and uh, developing a, 
an athletic training, uh, you know, not an athletic trainer, a performance training module. So, um, it's really about looking at those three different aspects of, of, uh, training in general, because most people will fall sort of within those three. It's going to be, you know, group training one-on-one or performance and everything else is sort of underneath one of those umbrellas. So that's coming soon. And then, you know, one of the other things that we're going to put together and it seems very, very silly, but it's absolutely needed is just teaching people the basics of how to coach in queue. Like, uh, you know, we assume that people know how to do a goblet squat or know how to do an inverted row or know how to do a push up. But man, most people don't understand the basic teaching points of all of these things. And um, we've even seen it when we, you know, we, we, we used to teach for FMS a lot more. We'd say, Hey, this is, you know, this is where we go into a hip hinge and we'd see people trying to do a hip hinge. And I'm just sitting there going, (laughs) man, these people don't even know what a hip hinge is. So we felt like, wow, one of the things we need to do is just give people some basic teaching points and cues on how to really nail down the basic exercises. And we're going to start with very, very basic stuff because there's so many uh, variables that you can change and, and, you know, you can, you can change so many aspects of one exercise, but we're just going to go with the ones that the majority of the people use. And and then we'll go from there. But I'm just amazed at how many people just don't understand the basics of how to execute simple movement patterns. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody years ago and and they were uh, we were launching the SFL and and they were saying, well, you know, you what do we need a bar? Doesn't everybody know how to use a barbell? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they don't. Um, and, you know, I've been into a variety of situations and, and worked with a lot of different professionals of, of different types from uh, chiropractors to physical therapists, athletic trainers, uh, doctors, um, trainers, uh, you know, across the board. Um, and, and you, it's life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, it, you know, the, there's going to be a lot of variability in the skills and, and the, the knowledge of, of those folks. And, um, having a resource that you can point to that, that says, you know, um, get, get started here. And these, this is the, the, the path I, I think is going to be really successful. So look forward to seeing, uh, what you and Eric, um, get, get out there. And, and like, like I said, uh, there's, there's a good reason I wasn't included because I'm, uh, I, I would be the fly in the ointment and, and I'd be like, I don't know, it depends. Uh, why don't you just do iron cardio? <laughs> just do, just what's the answer? Iron, cheat clean. It's just do the cheat clean. Cheat clean. Cheat clean. Yeah, that would, that was no, a... I mean, you know, for, for, and here's another thing too. So I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to lecture at two out of the three perform better summits this year. And it is a completely new batch of coaches with minimal experience. Um, you know, we've got legends of the game guys like, you know, Greg Rose, uh, Mike Boyle, Eric Cressy, um, Cook. And a lot of these people didn't know who they were, which was crazy to me, right? Like that seems bananas. But like these new coaches that have been basically in the game for like two years since COVID sort of, well, it's still here, but since COVID was sort of in the height of its pandemic, it's like people just are coming into the industry with no background, not even knowing who Mike Boyle and all these other people are. And it's a perfect time to get people good at the basics because they really, really need it. And in the world of social media and influencers and people doing all the sexy entertainment based stuff, you know, they need simple, they need simple, repeatable, and that's what we're going for. And that is what is going to yield the best results. 
Hundred percent, and I, I think that uh, you know the the statistics that I'm familiar with is uh, the the average career span in in the fitness world, personal training in particular, uh, six months to three years. That's bananas. So, yeah, Chris Chris Poirier used to uh, used to say you you need at the most three presentations, and you just <laughs> switch each yeah. year, and then at the end of three years, go back to your first presentation, and there will be a 90 plus percent fresh crop of people in the room to, uh, to listen to your presentation. Absolutely. Uh, so that the, the, the turnover is, is tremendous and, and we can do a whole, uh, in fact, we've done a podcast on kind of, you know, an, an information base that, that leads to success in, in this, in this industry, it would be great if people coming into this industry kind of had that, um, you go to someplace like Brazil in Brazil, being in the fitness industry is a four year degree driven profession. Um, in the UK, there's, there's standardization in Australia. There's, there's national certification standardization. Um, maybe we'll reach that point uh, one day, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to just kind of uh, check in on because, uh, you know, as, as much as, we enjoy the the podcast together and and things that we do. We we're we're busy. <laughs> yeah, we're and yeah, we're always doing stuff for sure. And so you know to have the chance to just kind of check in and share you know what we've been up to and and uh, uh, neither of us are going to suffer from letting any uh, uh, moss grow on the stone. Uh, we're we're going to be rolling and uh, all the time and. Um, it's it's fun to have this out there and then of course my my brain is already going you know what's next so uh I'm, it's a blessing and a curse is my you know i always say to my wife i'm like i'm always the what's next guy and she's like aren't you ever good with just like what you're doing i'm like no that that's not how my mind works i'm like i'm i'm like bill belichick i'm on to the next one like that's that's just what i always do but um brett as always man it's it's good to catch up with you uh Friends, Iron Cardio, check it out. Um, just do a little Google foo. Brett Jones, Iron Cardio, a bunch of stuff will pop up. Um, Brett, where are the best places to find these products? So um, I am, uh, the article that went up on strongfirst.com has links in there to where you can purchase the ebook. Uh, strongandfit.com is going to be bundling the video and the book, or you can pick up pick them up individually. Um, and so those are the, those are the best, uh, best locations. My website AppliedStrength.com. I'm getting an iron cardio page up where, you know, you can link to and, and purchase the, uh, the ebook and, you know, I, um, yeah. And then principle of program design. Yeah. Principles of program design.com. Uh, you can go and actually you can get a free mini course on there. And we actually have an ebook that, uh, is going to be coming out soon. And it's, a uh, it's a free ebook and it's all about designing programs for your, for your group training uh, at your facilities. And, um, you know, we, we put a lot of our best information in on that. So, uh, principles of program design, you can check us out, uh, you know, principles of program Then you can go to principles of program design on YouTube and you can find us on, you know, social media, uh, same, same name, Facebook, Instagram, etc. So, uh, anywho, uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, do us a huge favor and give us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. 
Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.